What's up, team? Welcome back to Master Your Mindset Podcast, the spot to get your mind right. You can't just train the body. You can't just train your craft. You got to train your mind, too. So excited for our guest today, Brianne Smedley. She's a mindset coach, a wife, a mom, a state champion volleyball coach, people. She hails out of Vancouver, Washington, and she has a really cool business with her sister-in-law, um, Christina. How about that as a cool partner? Um, what they do is they empower female athletes and moms to cultivate true confidence and level up their performance. They have the Elite Competitor Podcast and a really cool eight-week program, the Elite Competitor Course for moms and, and, and girl athletes. But as a, as a mom, sorry, as a dad, sometimes like a mom, as a dad of, of four daughters, Bri, I'm really excited about this, but welcome to the Match Your Mindset Podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, you've got a lot. You've got a lot of a lot of daughters in your life. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love the hashtag girl dad that that, that Kobe kind of inspired. Mm-hmm. And actually, to uh, the post today that was, you know, you look at content for athletes and just people on the on planet. It's so biased towards men. And mm-hmm. the quote I pulled was from Vince Lombardi. He says, "The victory doesn't go to a stronger, faster man. It goes to what he thinks he can." Well, I tweeted the victory doesn't go to a stronger, faster woman. It goes to the one who thinks she can. Right. So when women win, we all win. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, let's just get started. So talk about how you got started. Yeah. Well, I guess how I got started starts back in high school and middle school. <laughs> you want to go like all the way back there. So um, yeah, I was an athlete growing up. I still am. I consider myself still an athlete, but you know, I was a competitive athlete growing up. Volleyball was kind of my jam. I really loved the sport played year round, but on the inside was sort of dealing with what all athletes handle, but I thought I was literally the only one. So I was dealing with like pressure expectations, um, by the time I was a senior, I was getting, I was pretty good and was getting recruited by a lot of colleges, but internally I was struggling with this feeling of like not feeling good enough, even though I was being recruited my mom was telling me I was good. My coaches were telling me I was good. I was struggling with like, I don't know if I am good enough to play at this level. I can barely even get over a mistake on the court without feeling like I let my whole team down. And so I actually quit. Like I, I, decided after my senior season that I was like done playing volleyball, turned down all the offers. Like my coaches and my eyes were so disappointed in me. My mom was like, what, (laughs) what do we do? We went on all these recruiting visits. Like now you're not even going to play. And I was like, yeah, I just want to like go to school to be a student. And I told everybody I was burnt out of the sport, but looking back now, like 15 years removed, I can see it like so clearly I was struggling internally with like these feelings of self-doubt, like thinking that I was literally the only one. I just didn't know how to feel more confident. And so I I went to college um, here in Washington at Western Washington University. And lo and behold, they have a phenomenal volleyball program. I um, went to every single game my freshman year. They made it to the national championship. And I was like, I can't not have this in my life anymore. Like this is, I feel like I made a, a wrong decision. Um, and so I reached out to the coach and she's like just an amazing person and, um, the best coach I've ever had. And, um, but at that time, time, she wasn't my coach. And I was like, is there any, is there any chance, any, any opportunity for me? And she's like, yeah, why don't you come, um, come practice with us and we'll just, you know, just come to a, come to a practice. And I'm like, what? 
And so they came back from the national championship. This was like in January. And so I went to this practice with, um, these girls and, you know, had a blast, put it all on the line. I was like, well, there it was, there was my chance. If it's going to happen, it'll happen. She called me back into her office a few days later. I was like, so how do you feel like you played? And I'm like, I, I think I played okay. I don't know. How did you think I played? Um, and she was like, well, we think you um, actually fit really well in our program. And we want to offer you a walk-on spot on our team. And I was like, sure. Yes. Thank you. I don't care. You need, I'll pay you to play. <laughs> I don't need a dime. And I, I got on, you know, entered into this um, amazing program and, you know, Diane, actually her, the, the coach there, she um, prioritizes more than just the physical part of the game. Um, she prioritized the mental, the mental piece of it. It's where I first learned that there were actually like skills that I could use to be more confident, like pre-performance routines and focusing on my breath. She had like sports psychologists come in and like talk to us. She did all of these amazing things. Like my role was super clear. I just was like thriving in that environment and was loving volleyball. By the time I was a senior, I was a full ride scholarship athlete. Um, and I was playing, I was starting loving volleyball. And it's then that I realized like, dang, they're like, this is way different than how I was playing in high school. And the, the factor, the key factor was like, I learned the mental skills. Like I had this belief in myself and so right after graduated, right into coaching, I was like 21 years old, um, got my first coaching job as a club coach and was given a roster and a whistle and was like, go coach them up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can coach volleyball all day, but these girls would go and, you know, they play great in practice and they go like miss their serve in the game. And I, <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, I, it was clear as day. Like I can teach volleyball skills all day long, but if they don't believe in themselves and like there's nothing I can do. And so then I started down this path of like, all right, I got to learn the mental side of the game. So I coached, you know, long story short, or, um, coached, I've been coaching for 12 years. I became the head coach, um, at Columbia river high school. And it was kind of in that transition time that I was like, I got to like really learn the mental side of the game. And so I became a, a certified, um, positive performance mindset coach through Lindsay Wilson's, um, program, which I know you had on the podcast. And I brought those skills to my team and started integrating all of, all of those skills. And, um, it, it was a game changer for my volleyball team. We won state this year, but I also realized a few years ago that more people need this. And so my sister-in-law also is a former athlete, um, super passionate about, um, you know, empowering female athletes and women because, you know, empowered women can change the world. And like you said, when one woman wins, we all do. And so we were like, we have to teach these skills younger. Like these middle schoolers need to be learning these skills. These high schoolers need these skills. And so, um, the rest is history as they say, but we, we built our business all around this idea that these skills can be taught in middle school and in high school and athletes don't need to wait until they're senior in college to somehow pick up on these skills along the way. So this, this, that's a great story. This is what blows my mind. Coaches think that they could just train how to, you know, pass, serve, spike. I'm like, that's enough. Right. You know, like what, if you ask a coach, okay, you have to, the game's online. You have to bring in someone to serve. Is it your best, most talented, physically gifted athlete that you're going to call on? No, it's the one who's like, focused and consistent and confident but a lot of coaches just have no clue how to train how to calm nerves right 
things like self-talk and how to visualize and self-image and how to re- how to reset from from a mistake to get mm-hmm. back to the present moment. But I just I wrote down a few things I'm curious about. Yeah. Kind of knowing what you know now, if you can go back to that high school senior, mm-hmm. what would you what would you say? What would you like coach yourself on? Right. That's like a, that's a great question. If I were to go back, first thing I would tell that high school senior was that I'm normal <laughs> and what I'm experiencing, every single athlete at every single level experiences. Like we see it in the Olympics right now, you know, like every single athlete that decides and checks that box that they're going to go play is going to have pregame nerves and is going to at times feel like they're not good enough and is going to feel pressure. And for some reason, I thought I was the only one. And I just was like dumb or didn't know like how to, how to get over it. And I was like, everyone else is, is doing this better than me. (laughs) And somehow has like, was born with these skills and I just wasn't. And so I would really just kind of like wrap my arms around that person (laughs) around myself and be like, this is normal. Like, it's not your fault that you haven't learned these skills. Like you haven't been taught these skills, you know? And then I would just give myself some basic, like shifting, um, how to shift myself talk and realize that like, I am not my thoughts. I'm not, I don't have to wear every single thought that comes into my head. Um, I would basically teach myself what I teach athletes now, you know, shifting that self-talk, simple strategies on how to breathe, you know, like where to find my self-worth and that it's not with how many kills I got in that game, you know, kind of delinking my performance from my, my view of myself. So, I mean, those are just a couple of things, but those are kind of the key drivers that I was really struggling with. I love that. Okay, now let's transition. You're a volleyball coach. You Mm -hmm. guys want to state championship. Let's go. Yeah. So, uh, that this this last fall? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's so fun. Okay, so now tell me, because a lot of coaches say, I don't have time. I don't have time to coach the mental game. I don't have time to talk about, you know, why safety is important. I don't have time to work on like character development or on team culture. You only have an X amount of number of minutes and hours I get with my players. How do I do it? Well, you were able to do it and you guys won the state championship. So how would you balance that, that time as a coach working on, here's how we practice physically, but mm-hmm. here's how we train, you know, all these skills that you just, you just said. Yeah, I used to think that too. Um, but here's the crazy thing or the wild thing. Um, but you're going to spend the time either way. So you're either going to spend the time front-loading these skills, and it really doesn't take very much time. I'll get into that. You're either going to spend the time front-loading these skills, talking about it, or you're going to spend the time later with these like team talks on why we can't beat this team, even though we're better than them, and like struggling with with the you know perfectionism or struggling with the team drama. Like you're going to spend the time either way. And before I started teaching the mental skills, and that's not to say that there's still, you know, things that come up before I really like integrated mental skills into my program, I was spending the time. um, Okay. After that game, wow, we missed like 35 serves. All right. We got to spend time figuring out like why we did that. Was it mental? Do we need to, you know, before I like really knew like, okay, I guess we're going to like run. We got to spend time, you know, training the physical part of it. And it's like that time is still spent where if I would have taught my athletes like a pre-performance routine or like a routine that they can use on the service line to make that serve that they've done thousands of times before, we wouldn't be having to spend that time later. So the time will be spent either way. It's just like, how do you want to spend it? You know, do we want to spend it 
um, you know, front loading those skills, or do you want to spend it like trying to clean up afterwards and like yeah. fix the dynamics? Yeah. So. The wording I use is prehab. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You don't, yeah, you don't need it. You don't need to be sick to get better. I love that you said front load. So it reminds me of kind of shifting the philosophy and like working up physically. There are two pains in life, the pain of regret and the pain of hard work. Which mm-hmm. pain do you want to feel? You have to feel pain. So what you're saying is you're going to have to do this anyway. So would you rather react to it or be proactive with it? Right. By, but, but once you say most coaches don't know what to teach, they're not yeah. certified. They're not certified. They haven't had, but they think, oh, um, you know, this is this esoteric mental psychology. It's mm-hmm. either woo woo or too academic. They just don't have a framework, but just like how you would run an offense in volleyball or a defense in volleyball, mm-hmm. there, there, there's a mental offensive game plan you can, you can install. Yeah. Which they just don't have a framework, correct? Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. And it doesn't take a ton of time, but you're, you're right. Like it's just the framework that's, that's not there. So, um, the way that we, the way that the, the biggest thing that I implement every day before practice, and there's some other things that, that go into this, but one simple thing that we do before practice every day is like a, a daily mindset routine it takes three minutes and I have the girls take five intentional breaths. So they're like belly, we teach them how to belly breathe at the top of that breath. They say what we call their reset word. So they find this word that embodies like how they want to play, like how, you know, because we know feelings really determine the actions that we take, which get us the results that we want. And so, you know, they really like focus in on how they want to feel. Um, mm-hmm. so that those five breaths and they can always return to that breath as they're playing. And then we have them visualize um, three affirmations. So they come up with these three affirmations of the volleyball player and athlete that they want to be. And we also include like state championship, like, you know, what would a state champion volleyball player do? And so they do this before every practice. And I'll tell you, it like totally changes the vibe at practice and like their focus as well. Is this, is this Lindsay's braver method? Yeah. Yeah. It's similar. We add a little bit to it. Um, we add like, like a gratitude piece to it as well. So they bring to mind, um, you know, they have to write down what they're grateful for that day and then they visualize it. So they like bring that person to the front of their mind or that thing, mm-hmm. because I know as, as you've talked about, like gratitude does enormous, has an enormous benefit on how we show up and how we play. So, so what, what tactic did your, your players like really latch onto? What would you see say based off of you know, prior to coaching these skills and the club team where they're, they're practicing, but not performing in games, Yeah. you know, after putting these skills in there mm-hmm. with, with the mindset work, like what, what skills that you saw, man, every coach needs to do this one or two things. Right. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, the breathing, first of all. So even if it's just like, you know, five intentional deep breaths and I know coaches, I know what they're thinking right now. Like, I don't know how to do this. They're not going to trust me. Like, Honestly, I, I don't necessarily prescribe to the, like, fake it till you make it all the time. Cause I think it's kind of like fake confidence, but coaches, like you have to, like, they don't know any different. And so if you go full in and you're bought into like, I know breathing works, I know visualization works. Like if you're just those two simple things, I would say that those are the two key things, then you got to go in and, and be like, okay, we're going to learn how to breathe. And you're going to have them just practice like belly breathing and you do it too. Like you got to do it. And, um, so the breathing just so they have that when they come back and then visualization. And I know that one is a tricky one for coaches too. So they're like, well, how do I lead them through your visualization? Well, in our business, we're, we're, we're shifting to helping coaches as well down the road, but, you know, find like something, um, where you can lead them through some sort of visualization. So 
I would, um, before every game as well, lead them through a visualization and just have them like see themselves out there competing. Um, you know, we did it every single game. So it was just like, just part of what they did. And when I did um, our postseason reflections and my meetings with the girls afterwards, that is what they said. Um, I asked them like, what was the most impactful? Like what was most helpful? And they said the visualizations because it helped them calm their nerves. It helped them like see themselves out there, how they want to be performing. Um, so that when they got out there, it was like, you know, as you say, like everything's created twice, like once in their mind, once in real life. And so they had already created that situation in their mind. They have the skills to back it up. Right. So like, we can't just say, I'm going to visualize myself dunking. And like, I've never been able to do that or practice that in my life, you know, and can't do it, <laughs> but they, they have the skills to back it up. And that's it. So, um, that's good. one quick story on that visualization. So before we went out to the, um, to play in this championship match, I had all the girls in our, like the little locker room area. And like we do normally, I, I brought them through a visualization, but I decided to make it like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to visualize, you know, warming up, see the dome, see like the lights every, you know, kind of put yourself there, go through the warm up, match, everything like that. And, um, and then I brought them through a very specific visualization on like, okay, winning game point. And, you know, you we won game point, like you see the ref signal to our side, you see the score, like we, you know, we go out onto the court, dog pile, you see the trophy, all of this. And so we went out, played, we won, maybe not in that exact same, like we were down in every single set. Like it was kind of a cool story that, um, but afterwards in the car ride back, my senior captain was like, Brie, I knew we were going to win that match. And I was like, how'd you know? Like, what do you mean? She was, when you did that visualization in the locker room of us winning, like my whole body had chills and I started crying. And I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> so, um, and other girls were like, me too, me too. But that just shows like the power, like when you do that correctly, like it should be that full body experience, you know, that you, you're there and you can feel it. And so, I don't know, just pretty, pretty cool. Like how it all, how it all shook out, but visualization for sure is like key. And I would just tell the coaches this, that it's brain science it tells us, it shows us when they scan the brain, the brain cannot tell the difference between a real and imagined event. Mm -hmm. Neur neurons that fire together, wire together, so when you can put yourself using imagery, all your senses, you're getting a perfect rep. Because when, yeah. when you take the ball out of the equation and you're using your mind, your body to experience an event, just like if you're, if you're a pitcher in a, in a bullpen and you, you do what's called this like shadow bullpen where you just see the spots in volleyball, you see the serve, you see the, the, the bumps that spike or you know, in basketball, you take the ball out and you see your move, you see the ball going in. Like uh -huh. your, body, your body and mind is experiencing a perfect rep. Mm -hmm. And it's stored in the same spots where you have like your cells store memory. Mm -hmm. So your body is like, oh, I've actually experienced this before. I kind of know, I know what to do. Right. Where if you don't give them this, this drill, this skill, this is like a drill, like you would, you know, work on kills. Mm -hmm. This is a drill. Yeah. So treat this like a drill. So we're going to take three minutes to visualize our role on the team and experience and show pictures of, of the, 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 the opponent's arena and like, experience that moment and then it's, you're getting a perfect rep mm -hmm. so i just don't know why coaches wouldn't want to give their athletes the benefit because if they don't you know four out of five thoughts are negative but they're going to think about all the stuff they don't want to have happen. Mm -hmm. yeah right? exactly okay. <laughs> hey team coach colin here if you're an athlete a coach a performer of any type 
You can't just train the body. You got to train the mind. Right now, you can go to my mental toughness training course and learn five mental skills that every top performer needs. Click the link in the show notes. Let's go do it. Okay. So let's talk about moms. Mm, okay. Let's talk about parents. And I think what a cool thing you guys are doing is uh, you're creating language and awareness that, man, the whole support system needs awareness on this stuff. Yeah. And I remember early in my career as a mindset coach, I'd work with small groups. I'd work with these different um, places that train athletes and I'd, I'd work on the, the, the mindset skills and I'd get in small groups and I'd ask them in the first days of our, our training. I'd like, what, let's talk about fear. Like what, what causes fear? Like when you make that mistake and you feel shame or worry, like what are you worried about? Like really, like what are you worried about? It's just a game. Mm-hmm. What was the number one answer? parents <laughs> parents yeah. they're like oh the car ride home or my mom and dad are going to talk about this over dinner or right after the game they're going to ask blah 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 so they weren't worried about a teammate or a coach they're worried about having to explain themselves and their self-worth self-love tied to performance mm-hmm. and then i started thinking i actually have empathy for, for parents they don't know what they're doing they have no coaching right they have no training and they expect their kids to be coachable but are the parents coachable right so, you know, parents, listen to this. How many coaches have your, your, your kids had in their career? A ton. How many coaches have you had? So what you guys are doing is so important. There is a research from, from I-9 Sports that showed 31% of athletes wish their parents weren't at their games. Yeah. The research shows seven, seven out of 10 kids quit sports by the age of 13. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are we doing to help parents? What do you think every parent needs? Right. I mean, yeah, parents, like you said it perfectly, like parents need coaching in this journey too, because so much, I think parents, first of all, need to de-link their, their experience from their child's experience, right? Like a lot of times we project or, you know, our, our, um, you know, our child is experiencing something and it's hitting on something in us. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is like a reflection of my parenting or what are other people going to think? And And so like, we just have to let our child have their experience and, and, and support them. And so a a big piece of our coaching that we provide for moms is literally like back off, like let them have it. And now we're going to work on our own. Like we work with moms on like what's coming up in you, your own confidence, those things. And, um, so it's super powerful now, you know, as we have like athletes going through and learning the mental skills. And then we have the moms also learning how they can best support the athletes and the athletes love it. They're like, thank you for telling my mom to stop coaching me during the game. (laughs) And like, thank you for telling my mom to like, give me space after a game instead of like questioning me and interrogating me. And so it's like a perfect, you know, scenario where the athletes are like, yes, it's not me having to tell you. And the parents are like, yes, it's not me having to tell my daughter to be more confident. Like you're teaching her. So, um, yeah, it's so important. Yeah. It's, uh, it's allowing the child to take ownership and not let it fall on the parent. But the, here's a question I get from parents all the time. Yeah. What, what do you do when your kid's not, not motivated? Mm. Like, cause the parent says, well, I know the type of work it takes to be great, but they rather play on the Xbox or they're not doing their, doing the work. So, so what, what would, what would you say to that? I get that question a lot too. I'm curious what your answer is. This is what, this is what I tell moms. Well, first of all, you can't 
motivate anybody else. Like it has to really come from them. You can only inspire what's already inside of them. And so we tell moms, you have two roles. You can shape the environment and provide the opportunities. And so you can shape the environment with how you show up as the mom. Like, what are you doing? What are you modeling? And if you want your daughter to be this like confident driven athlete, like how, you know, what does confidence mean to you? But also like, how can you model that? What are you doing in your daily life to, to model, you know, your motivation towards your goals or, or whatever it is. Okay. And so you shape the environment with how you show up and then you got to provide her the opportunities to do it. So like tangible things we tell moms are like, you know, as much as possible, get the ownership back in the athlete's hands, like have her create, you know, her own, know her goals. What are her goals? Maybe her goal isn't to be like this all-star athlete. I don't, you know, maybe, maybe she just is doing it for fun. And so like being on the Xbox is like, (laughs) she's not motivated because she just is out there having fun and she's getting her fulfillment from that. So like know her goals and ask her what her goals are and then connect that daily work towards, you know, the goals that she wants to achieve. We also tell moms it's super powerful when you do things with your daughter. So like create opportunities for like, Hey, you know, I'm going to the track. I'm going to run the track. You want to do some like ball handling. If you want, like come with me. Um, and you know, when moms and daughters are doing things together and just providing the opportunity in the space, when it comes down to it though, like it's your daughter's journey. And sometimes she's got to, she also has to learn those natural consequences as well, because the more you push, the more she's going to push back. So that's kind of, I mean, there's a couple other things that we sometimes talk about, but that's the direction that we handle it or, you know, that we head in. What do you think? I want to know for motivation. Yeah. Th- there's no, I think, oh, here's the three-step process to get right. your child motivated. Every, every, every kid's different. Everyone's needed different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do agree. The moment the parent is forcing it on the mm-hmm. child, like you said, if, if there's, if there's a wall, someone can push off it. If there is no wall, there's just air, there's nothing to push off it. So they could take the ownership of, of that, of that movement. But yeah. you said, great, you know, well, why do you play? Mm-hmm. What are your goals? Oh, great. Well, if, if that is your goal, you know, to play in college, well, what are some of the behaviors that college players do to get to that goal? Just mm-hmm. help them outline what, what to do. Um, I also think a lot of kids and parents, the parents have conditioned their child to associate performing with like shame mm, yeah, and fear. So I think, what if we made the environment of training fun mm-hmm. where it's like fun and joyful? There's like no pressure, like do it with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Do some things where just in a fun environment, music, like, I don't know, just make the environment enjoyable, not like pressure. Right. Because if you're making them do it, like they will not be great at anything. They have to take the ownership for them. And that's where you'd ask, like, what are your, what are you passionate about? What are your goals? And if it's if basketball is not their number one thing or volleyball or fast pitch, mm-hmm. like you can't make them be passionate about something. Right. Well, maybe expose them to chess or music or acting. I don't know, but like allow them to, or art to explore what gives them the energy because no one can extrinsically make someone great. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think other parents create this unwanted anxiety because they'll say, well, um, well, Harper, if, if you get three hits today, you're going to get ice cream. Yeah. So there's this extrinsic, well, what happens when Harper doesn't get three hits? Then she feels like, like she let you down. You know? mm-hmm. So I think it's just, it's just the awareness. And I would say model what grandparents do. Yes. Grandparents are the best fans. 
Yeah. Because they don't like, it's all about love. It's all about, I just want to be there to, to be a place to create support in a safe environment where they can fail and grow. It's, it's a safe place for them, but you can't make something great like that. Um, can we switch gears and talk about, okay, you got this passion, you from your own experience of being a performer and you got burnt out or fear, anxiety, all that stuff that, you know, yeah. forced you out. Even though you're a talented player, successful, you couldn't see, you didn't have a, a framework how to overcome that. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a, an athlete's injured, like I have no rehabbing skills to get my, my body strong. So I'm going to quit the, the, the mental strength, the same thing. Mm-hmm. You go to a program, you, you had a framework that exposed you to these things. Um, and then you go back and you get certified, you've done research to learn more about how to coach the mental game. But then, you know, you thought, wow, I can coach volleyball and impact the physical stuff, or I can broaden my base of, of humans I get to impact beyond volleyball and we think that the, the mental skills is beyond sport this is life skills training this is you know how to be a better partner how to be you know better um, friend colleague you know life stuff um, but how, how do you market that how do you get the word out how do you educate and empower people to create your to be in your program to create a podcast to create a business yeah well, it's been a lot of trial and error because I have no business marketing background. <laughs> um, however, I've learned so much. Like I've invested in coaching. Um, Christina and I both invest a lot in coaching, just like we are coaches for these moms and for these athletes. Like we have invested in, in, in business coaching to allow us to see what's possible and to emulate the people who are doing it well um, and to learn from them. And so we learned a lot about marketing in terms of our um, our audience and who we're talking to and what specific pain we're 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 talking through. And like, yes, I had the pain of like the athlete experience, but I had to talk to my mom to be like, well, mom, what were you experiencing as I was going through that? And even you know, fifteen however many years later, she's like, yeah. Um, I had no idea what to tell you, you know, she was like, I didn't, I, I was trying to tell you all, like, I told you every day that you were a good volleyball player and like, you were so great and you like, didn't believe me. And this is exactly what the moms are saying in our community still, you know? And so we had to really get clear on like, yeah, the athletes having this experience, but what's the mom experiencing and what is the mom, like, what is the pain there? Like, what does she need? And so we had to get really clear on that. Um, and then, and speak into that through our podcast, through what we put out on social, we had to find, you know, where did these moms hang out? Um, you know, and a lot of times it's it's Facebook. Um, and so, yeah. And then we got into, you know, Facebook ads a little bit and reaching like kind of widening that net. So, you know, there's some mixed feelings about Facebook in general, but like, um, being able to, to market to, um, to these moms has been, been really great because we're providing a service that. I wish I would have had, and I wish my mom would have had. Um, so yeah, we basically speaking into uh, and knowing our, our audience has been really key for that. If you're someone who wants to start your own business company, you have an idea, mm-hmm. um, a drive, an audience that you see has a need. I, I, what I've written down is like to, to know the audience and, and what pain they are feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's this concept, sell the problem, not the product or solution like just mm-hmm. identify the audience number one because mm-hmm. a confused buyer does not buy right so i think what you probably shifted is you're probably marketing to athletes but like the athletes a 13 year old 11 year old is not going to 
pay for a course. The, the mom mm-hmm. probably has more, yeah, I'm going to do something for them. So I think listeners, that'd be probably step one. I was like, who's the audience and, mm-hmm. and what problem are you addressing? Um, and then how are you going to, I love what you said, uh, where are they hanging out? Mm-hmm. So, so connect to where they can hear about what's going on and, and have uh, the awareness of, yeah, I am feeling those things. Um, so what have you learned on how, how, to, how to execute it? Like how to execute with your courses, with your podcast? Yeah, the podcast came a little bit later. So we, we started, um, you know, we had the program. So I actually first started live. Like I, I went to the pond that I was, I fished in the pond that I was already in, right? So I was a club coach. Um, I was a, a director and a club too. And I was like, okay, well, I've now got this piece. Um, and so I, I, as I was um, just kind of in that pond, I was like, I'm going to offer this to, to the parents of just this club. And I'm like, Hey, I'm going to start this. Um, you know, at that time it was like, I'm going to do 12 weeks. Um, looking for just like a group of athletes who want to learn the mental side of the game. We'll meet every Sunday at four o'clock. Uh, come on zoom at, at the time. Yeah, it was, it was, it was right before COVID. Um, um, come on, you know, come on zoom and we'll, we'll, I'll teach them the mental side of the game. And I did like a presentation at, um, at a meeting, like a parent meeting. So I had like a hundred athletes or a hundred moms there. And, um, I think I got 10, 10 moms of athletes are like, yeah, let's have my daughter do this. And I, it was like, you know, low cost. Um, cause I was just getting started, which, you know, cost and pricing is a whole different thing. Like there's a whole mindset around that, but, um, but that's how I just like got into it. And I was like, okay, this is actually something people want. And so, you know, I got, I got the girls going 12 weeks, got results, got testimonials, you know, then these parents were telling other parents. And so that's kind of how like it started. And then we, we turned it into a course. So what was once live, we turned into like the framework, a course, um, that turned into eight weeks, eight specific modules, the, the heavy hitting modules. Um, and then we also added in live support so that the girls were kind of going through the concepts on their own. And then I could support them where they were rather than trying to use that time to teach and answer Q and A and, you know, check in, they were doing that on their own. And then I could come in and support them, um, for those live sessions throughout the eight weeks. So, um, I don't remember what the original question was. <laughs> so, so yeah, how you executed it. So your, yeah. your model is well, find your target audience and, and let them be aware of what's going on. Here's some value added here. I see you in your website, like here's a PDF for five things to do this, or here's a mini course for parents, you know, three things are for your athletes. So I'd give them, give them free content away to get them in and bring value. Um, but I think that, that the execution side, so you have an online course where they can watch it on demand. That's part of the program. They get, they get access to resources they can watch on their, on their, uh, on their phone or their laptop or their desktop. And then they, and then you guys come back as a group and you kind of distill it, go deeper, mm-hmm. small group, ask, ask questions. That's part of it. Yeah. So those, the eight weeks, we still go through like a cohort, you know, so the eight weeks, one module gets released a week and then we come alongside them and support them. And yeah. And that's like the execution of the actual program in the course, but like, yeah, to get, to get the athletes into our world or get the moms into our world, we have opportunities for them to, you know, download, here's five texts that you can send your daughter before her game. That'll make her feel confident, you know? And so then they come in, we get their email address. They, they get exposed. We have a Facebook group, a free Facebook group for moms that has like 2,500 moms in it. And that we do free trainings in every week, little things that they're getting like information, getting exposed to us. Um, We have a low cost text membership as well. So 
Um, it's a monthly text membership where moms and daughters both get a text from me three days a week. Um, that's just like a little motivation, a tip, a little mental training, like a little nugget that they can implement and also gets them exposed to me and like how I teach. Um, and so there's these other like little streams, you know, that like bring in the, the, the moms um, that we kind of throw out based on what the, what the pain is, what they're looking for. Yes. And I, I heard this quote from somebody who's very successful. Mm -hmm. He says, content is king, but distribution is queen. And we know who wears the pants. <laughs> right. So you could have a good idea, but if you can't distribute it in a way that's effective, clean, simple. So I just think of a lot of people have these great ideas, but execute. So what I'm hearing is go get a coach, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get, some, get some coaching to help you execute your idea and your plan. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're doing. You're not doing it by yourself. You have a business partner. Mm -hmm. how, how, maybe touch on that, how it's so vital that you guys are doing it to, together. Oh my gosh. I, I can't imagine this without Christina. I know people, people do business all the time by themselves, but like, Christina, I mean, she's my sister-in-law. Whoever said business and family shouldn't mix. I don't know. It's working out perfectly for us. We're also best friends and all that. But the way that we have really, I mean, just having, first of all, someone to like bounce ideas off of and be like, is this a, is this idea? Like, is this good? Is it, should we try this? You know, rather than just like, uh, my, myself. And so just having that has been awesome. But the way we distribute or the way we like kind of divide our business is like, I'm kind of the front end, the front facing. I work with the athletes do the training. Christina is, like I said, also a former athlete, but she's an integral coach is what she is. And she works a lot with the moms. And so she helps the moms with their own confidence. I kind of coach the, like, here's what you can say to your daughter. Don't say this to your daughter, things like that. But she also has specific trainings for the moms that they can like develop their own confidence, self-belief, all that. She also is the master of like scaling and optimizing her business. So she does like, you know, all the funnels, the opt-ins, like all of the, the, the systems, you know, all those, that backend stuff. Um, Christina does that and she's amazing at it. Like, I know, like, so people don't, that this is another lesson. Don't compare. Because sometimes, you know, people have, we've had people reach out to us and be like, how are you doing all this? I'm like, well, there's two of us. And so like that, you know, that makes a huge difference. And I'm really lucky to have her. Uh, we're, we're both lucky to have each other, but um, yeah, don't compare because we've got two people working on it. And we've divided things like so perfectly the way, like, um, you know, the way I work, the way that she works, it's just like all moving in the right direction. So that's a, that's a beautiful way to do it. I think my last question is, I think everyone that wants to do this, um, how do you get the word out to get new clients in? I saw you got, the, you got the Facebook group, you got the podcast, but like, I think number one thing, like if I'm an outside sales and I'm selling a widget or a service, it doesn't matter what it is. And it's, uh, and it's kind of this B to C. Mm -hmm. how, how do you find them and how do they hear about your stuff and how do you get them in that you said the like sales funnels yeah the well first of all like starting in the pool that you're already in like you probably already have people around you that want what you have 
And so putting yourself out there and just kind of like embodying, I'm doing this, like who does, you know, there's a whole bunch of imposter syndrome that I had to like overcome when I first started all this, like, what are people going to think of me? Like, I was just a volleyball coach and a teacher. Now I'm like saying I'm a mindset coach. Like, what are people going to think? And so, you know, just like embrace, like, this is what you're doing. This is who you are. And there's probably like people right next to you who want what you have. And that's what it was for me. Like the parents were right there, but I had to like step out and reach out to them. Um, as far as getting to like a cold audience, what we would call like a cold audience. Um, you know, we started uh, putting out things on social. Like I said, we, we started Facebook ads as well. Like that's a little more technical piece of it. Like getting out there, getting our message out to a lot of people. We started a podcast Um, and we just continued to be consistent with what we were producing. And so it was like, I showed up every week. I still do every week in that Facebook group. And I give a training to parents, like a very short, doesn't, I don't give like the whole thing away. Right. Because, you know, got to leave some for, for the course, but, um, you know, show up there every single week. Um, and then that Facebook group has just grown and grown and grown. And then, you know, even if it's just content on social, like at first I was just posting like two days a week, like just something tangible that keeps me relevant, you know, and, and it just kind of grows and grows from there. And the more people come in, the more refined you're going to get on like who you're trying to reach. And, um, and it goes from there. And also, you know, for us, it's been like, don't assume that, that nobody, like that people just want to come in and hang out in your, in your group. Like they want what we have. They want the course. Like we have people coming in. They're like, I've got this paint. My daughter's struggling. I'm struggling. Like we want what you have. And so like withholding stuff too, if that makes sense, like give them like, no, your audience isn't going to take what you don't offer them is what one of our coaches told us. And so we were like, yeah, we got to offer more. You know, we, sometimes we get in our own way of like, like, Oh, they might not want this or like, well, wait. Well, what what we feel you realize is that they don't know this stuff. Right. Like you're a, you're a product expert. You know, you've done the research. You've reflected your own challenges, and then you've got some coaching training um, mm-hmm. on it, and you've designed a system based off of the needs, right? So that was my last business question. My last question, just for you know, besides from telling people where they can find you, is yeah, you know, to, what do you want your kids to know about my, this? My personal kids, or my yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my Being you know, think about we're talking about parents, talking about you know, being that having the impact you want. So it's like knowing what, you know, like, what do you want your kids as when it's all said and done? Like, what, what could you teach your, your kids that like the most? Gosh, there's so, I mean, to, to, um, to bring it up, like, there's a few things. First thing business related is I want my kids to know that they can, especially as a, a woman, um, that I can have a passion and chase my passions and I can be a great mom and an entrepreneur and somebody who is, is going after my dreams and my passions. Um, I want them to see that sometimes I get this, like, you know, mom guilt or whatever you want to call it that like, okay, I'm going, I'm working on the business and, you know, we've got systems in place to like help, but I want them to see, like, I am putting, I'm, I'm following what I'm passionate about because I want them to do that too. And I don't want them to think like, I can't do that. Or like, I've got to, I got to choose between being like a parent and chasing my passions. And there's an intersection there and it's tricky and it's hard, but like, I want them to see that like, if they have that thing inside of them, that's telling them and pulling them. And that's why I am leaving teaching is because like, I'm so pulled and so passionate to this and teaching is probably the easier, safer route 
but what am I showing my kids? You know, like I want them to see that they're, they, if they have a passion, they, they should follow it. And so that's kind of the business side of it. You know, I also want them to know that their worth is not determined by anything that they can, that they do, that I, I love them regardless of what they do on any sort of, if they're into sports or not. I mean, they're, they're three and nine months old. So, um, <laughs> Whatever they choose to do does not change who they are as a person and how much I love them. So that's it. Uh, follow your passion on what gives you energy, what lights you up, and you can. You don't have to be in the silo of just a mom or just a female with this like norm that our society has pegged mm-hmm. you to be. And I love the last one. You're not defined by what you do. Your self worth is not defined on you know a result. You know, you're especially we love just being you, who you are. Love that. Well, thank you for the time, Brianna. It was a great time. Yeah. Really good time. Learned a ton. It's fun being uh, in these conversations with people who have the same passion. I, I could relate to your your backstory, both the same things. And yeah. the so passionate about you know, having the empathy and like, man, I needed these skills and, and more, more, more people need them. So I love the mission. I love what you're doing. Great job with, with executing uh, the business. But uh, where can people find you? Yeah, so um, I'm on Instagram at Bree Smedley. Um, so you can find me there. I've been getting into the reels a little bit. So you can find me doing some embarrassing dancing and things like that. Um, also, we have um, a website for your listeners. So if you go to christinabrian.com slash master, um, you can find some resources. We've got some free things on there for your listeners um, to get started with some of this mental training side of things. So yeah, find me in those two places. That's great. And we'll bring we in every single episode with this truth. The body has limits, but the mind is limitless. Awesome show. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you.